Welcome to Inside Outside Innovation, Episode 102. Sunanya Tuteja is a lead in TD Ameritrade's Innovation Department and a speaker at the IO Innovation Summit happening this week. In her conversation with Brian, she shared a preview of what's to come during her dialogue, including the four pillars of their approach to innovation at TD Ameritrade, up-and-coming trends for startups and corporations to keep their eyes on, and why fintech is in a unique position when it comes to innovation. Inside Outside Innovation is hosted by Brian Ardinger, founder of Next, a provider of research, events, and consulting services that helps innovators and entrepreneurs build better products, launch new ideas, and compete in a world of change and disruption. Find out more at next.co. That's nxxt.co. So, you know, I'll kind of use the Wayback Machine and go back to, I think I was like eight or nine. And no, I didn't know what innovation was then. But, you know, <laughs> it would have reminded me. So, I, I you know, I, I grew up in Canada, in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Calgary, Edmonton, Alberta. And, you know, I'm the daughter of first generation immigrants who are also small business owners. And I remember vividly that, you know, I, my dad, like, it, it would be a fun little thing. My dad would take me to the bank every week as he was making his small business uh, deposits or he was meeting with his uh, small business advisor or his financial advisors. And, you know, it was like a fun thing, right? So I got to go to the bank with him. And, but, but one of the memories, like, I vividly remember, Brian, was how that experience always felt one-sided and it always felt so clinical. And what I mean by that is, listen, Canadians, they're very nice people, so the bankers were all great. <laughs> But, you know, I remember once asking my dad, I'm like, I don't get it. Isn't it like your money? Like, why do right. you have, to, like, why are we always coming here to ask for permission to do things? Like, it's your business. You're working hard. You're making this money. And I just remember, like, always feeling like it was just so clinical and it was always like this one-sided conversation where you were told what you could and couldn't do. And, you know, and I think that kind of just always stuck with me. You kind of fast forward and, you know, so uh, I got into finance and uh, started working in banking. But again, I think my focus was always about, you know, this notion that, you know, why is finance always so complex, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it full of jargon? It's like where we go out of our way to keep people out versus being inclusive. And then couple that with, you know, as a millennial, like kind of growing up with the explosion of technology, the other, you know, thing that I started to notice was how everything in our life was being impacted by technology. And if you take that same correlation, think about our relationship with money, and over the last decade or so, every our relationship with money has been, you know, profoundly impacted by technology, right? From everything about how you make money, you know, the whole gig economy that is right. now a way for people to make money is fueled by technology to how you save money, to how you spend money, to how you invest money. Everything is profoundly impacted by technology. So it just so happened that my world kind of collided, you know, between my finance background and always kind of looking and and working in technology. Now, I don't know that I went into thinking that I would do innovation, but I think having that mission within me to how can we democratize financial services just led me into roles where it was always about building something new or solving a problem and doing it with the you know most nascent and advanced technology. And that kind of brought me into TD Ameritrade. And to your point, TD Ameritrade has been great because you know we pride ourselves at the notion that 42 years ago, we were the original 
fintech, right? That right. along with the Schwabs and the Ricketts and the Roger Rineys of the world, you know, they disrupted wealth management and they made it, they, they, they democratized it so anybody could, you know, participate in the capital markets. So I think my personal mission so strongly aligns with TD Ameritrade's, you know, mission of kind of creating experiences that makes that make lives and investing uh, better for everybody. It's quite interesting, you know, to see the evolution of a company that, again, like you said, kind of disrupted their own space. And, and now how do you continue to stay on that path? Because I think that's where a lot of corporations and that kind of fall off. You know, they, they find that business model, that optimization engine, so to speak, and they have a tough time adapting to that new stuff. And part of that may be, you know, the fact that, like you mentioned, there's so many new technologies that are out there, whether it's, you know, artificial intelligence or machine learning or cryptocurrencies that are probably going to have an impact. It kind of forces you to stay on your toes a little bit more, but how is TD Ameritrade kind of approaching innovation and, and all the new changes that are happening inside and outside the organization? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I split my time between New York and San Francisco. So, you know, I often have to kind of reset my, you know, kind of have to change my mindset a little bit when I'm hopping on that flight from Newark to SFO or SFO back to Newark, because there is a big difference between, you know, the outlook and the usage of technology and the adoption of te- these technologies, as you see in Silicon Valley versus, you know, contrast between Wall Street. But I think, you know, everybody's progressing towards the right, you know, uh, outcomes. So I think at TD Ameritrade, what we start with is, listen, there is the absolute acknowledgement that, you know, number one, like just the velocity and variety of new technologies coming our way is just daunting. But it's also exhilarating, right? Look, think of all the technologies that you just named in the last couple of seconds, right? We could all right. play a fun game of buzzword bingo, right? So there's no shortage <laughs> of new technologies. But I think what really excites and also focuses my team is this notion of the technologies are great. But the technologies are a means to the end. And what I mean by that is we really focus on consumer behavior. So how are these technologies fundamentally, you know, uh, impacting and changing consumer behaviors and expectations? So, you know, I'll give you an example. Regardless of where you grew up in the world, Brian, you know, uh, and regardless of what demographic we are, many of us, if not all of us, received a consistent piece of advice, mostly from our mothers, which was, don't get into a stranger's car. If a stranger pulls up next to you, scream, run, knock on a neighbor's door, but just like, get away from there, right? Only now, if they have candy. You, <laughs> right? Yes, even if they have candy, definitely if they have candy. Well, think about what many of us did today or this week, or the folks that are coming to your conference probably right. did, right? Yep. They went to their phone, they tapped on their favorite ride-sharing app, thereby summoning a stranger and voluntarily getting into a stranger's car, no kicking, no screaming, no must, no fuss, right? It's a cheeky example, but the reason I share that is, listen, there were a lot of amazing technological advances that went into the creation of the Uber, the Lyft, the ride-sharing economy, and the gig economy at whole, right? However, it's the impact of that experience that we really focus on. Think about it. The consumer expectations have changed. Societal norms have shifted, right? And the reason we care about that is because those consumers are now going to bring those expectations to TD Ameritrade, and it is incumbent on us, right, to meet and exceed those, meet and exceed those expectations. Everything in our lives today is like, you know, on demand, right? You can get your food on demand, your transportation on demand. So that expectation that why should financial services be any different? And, you know, our overlying thesis in everything we do, tapping into these technologies, but also these partnerships is how do we, you know, start to make that investing experience more accessible, uh, more intelligent, 
and more personalized because those are the expectations and behaviors that today's consumers and today's tomorrow's consumers, you know, uh, have, have kind of come to bear from us and from other brands. Can you share a little bit about like how is TD Ameritrade actually doing that? I know that, you know, there's different ways that corporations are kind of attacking the innovation puzzle, whether it's, you know, both inside the organization, you know, putting together teams to, you know, do idea sprints and things along those lines, uh, all the way to, you know, investing in startups and that. What's kind of the approach that uh, you're using within TD Ameritrade to kind of tackle this innovation? lot of empathy for like big companies you know it's often easy to say oh you know you're not innovating or fast enough because I think you know big successful companies have to strike that balance right you know when you are delivering um, great shareholder value today and producing earnings and taking care of your employees you know you can't just shrug that off but it's that striking that balance of delivering for today while you're building for tomorrow and at TD Ameritrade first of all we're very fortunate that you know our CEO Tim Hockey and he's very active on Twitter and people should follow him, you know, when he came to TD Ameritrade a couple years ago, you know, he kind of set that as the marker, right? And accountability for himself, but also for the organization. And again, reminding everybody that, hey, guys, we are the original FinTech, right? And, you know, we should be participating in the next uh, iteration of the disruption in FinTech and not just kind of wait for it to happen. So he talked a lot about, you know, how do we start, kick, uh, you know, kind of kickstart our own metabolism, right? So the way, the way we do it is a lot of the examples that you've shared, and I think it's important, you know, a lot of companies often think that there's a playbook, and there is, but it does require a lot of experimentation, right? So we Absolutely. look at, you know, how do we spur innovation at every level, top down, but also equally bottom up, right? Whether it's innovation sprints, whether it's hackathon, we have a great advanced tech team that focuses on like research and prototyping, you know? Um, you know, we've got the whole lean culture and the agile culture, which has been a great accelerant. And then specific to my team, they call us the Tiger Team. We are a small but scrappy little group with representations from different areas of the organization. So I have a part product and partnership team and then an engineering team. And our mission is, again, rooted in, you know, how do we tap into the power of these new technologies to solve problems? and couple it with these new partnerships, whether it's with the big tech companies, whether it's with VCs and startup ecosystem, um, but at the end of the day, deliver value for the end client, but also for TD Ameritrade in the sense that we're building adjacencies and business models for the future. So those are some different ways that you know we continue to spur and ignite innovation across the organization. But one of the things I share with everybody at TD Ameritrade, but the innovation, just doesn't reside with my team. We are all stewards in making this happen, and everybody's accountable for, you know, kind of doing their part in their span of control, because we could all be doing better in the worlds that we lead and in the functions that, you know, we, we do day to day. So does the Tiger team, uh, their responsibility is innovation, but um, did they kind of help curate uh, and help the other groups, or, or how does that actually play out in reality? One of our mantras is we use the four S's for the Tiger team, so that will give you some clarity. So number one is we go all the way from sensing and discovering the technologies to forming partnerships with the tech companies, the startup and VC ecosystem, but then also to commercializing, right? So that was an important component of it because one of the things I've learned, again, hearing your podcast and talking to other leaders and companies that are you know, on similar journeys is that commercialization component is very critical. If not, you you know, often there's a stigma that, oh, there's just this 
group on the side that's, you know, chasing shiny objects or they're having fun or whatever. And we were very clear that that was not our mandate. And the way we look at it is we work internally across the enterprise with all of our business leaders and stakeholders to understand what are the problems we're looking to solve? What is the feedback? What is the voice of the client telling us, right, in terms of things that they're expecting? But then also we're looking at these technologies to figure out what's the art of the possible, right? Because that adage of nobody, if you asked anybody, nobody would have said they needed an iPhone until we all got one, right? Right. So we want to look at it from multiple angles, but that anchor of we are solving a specific problem is critical. And then it's about, so the first S is you solve a problem. The second is you deliver with speed. All of our execution, we go from ideation to execution in like less than 60 days. And that's paramount, right? Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. we want to show those wins. We want people to start you know, using the output of, of these ideas. And then obviously we will iterate. Everything is perpetual beta, but, you know, you have to put a win out there for people to use uh, and, you know, kind of start to get a sense of what's next. And then the third is you build for scale. Every, you know, we, we have grand ideas, but we're okay to start small. But everything we build, we build with that notion of, okay, what's going to happen when 1 million or 5 million consumers are going to use this? So making sure that the foundation is strong. And then the fourth thing is always be shipping, right? And that's the core part of our ethos is we, our mandate is to go from ideation to commercialization and do it very quickly and do it in a way that you're solving problems and delivering next-gen uh, solutions. Yeah, I love it. And that last S of you know shipping, I think, is often overlooked. Uh, you know, in, in innovation teams, they you know they get to a point and, and constantly killing ideas. But you know, at some point, you've got to get, actually deliver something into the marketplace and see what actually happens. So, I, I really appreciate that. We talked a little bit about some of the you know broad trends in that, but you, you, you're in the trenches of fintech and that. So, and I know that you've worked on a variety of things, everything from you know voice uh, with Alexa and some of that kind of stuff to. Uh, like you mentioned, artificial intelligence. That what are some of the kind of t- key trends or, or technologies that you're kind of either most uh, scared of or looking forward to, uh, and how that's playing out in the in the marketplace? It's that saying, right? If it's not scaring you, then you're not pushing the envelope hard right. enough or something. So, um, but yeah. So I think that I, I would kind of break it down into four categories. First two categories are things that we start to commercialize, and you know we've got several examples I can touch on. The first one is this whole notion of smart interfaces, right? I, I read a stat the other day that I think by 2020, 80% of you know humanity will have a computing device, right? And majority of it will be a mobile device. Right. However, now it's extending, like it used to be you had to have like a computer and go home to use it. Then it became laptops. Then you, we all have these smartphones. But now every individual not just has a smartphone, we have multiple computing interfaces that we engage with, you know, every day. Like, you know, I have an Alexa, I have my Apple Watch, I I have my iPad, I have my laptop, I, you know, uh, you know, I have my Nest. So, you know, you may have a drone, you may have your, you know, Oculus Go. Essentially, all of these are computing interfaces, right? And they're smart interfaces. So I think the proliferation of these interfaces is very fascinating and how consumers are adopting to it. Like Alexa is only a few years old. I think it's right. not even five years old. But look at the proliferation and the usage and the number of skills and, again, how it's changing consumer behaviors, Right. So, so that's one. The second one I would say is, and you touched on it, you cannot escape artificial intelligence and machine learning, right? And I think, again, our goal is how do you take that technology and you commercialize it in a meaningful way? And some of the examples you've seen from TD Ameritrade recently is what we launched in partnership with Apple on Apple Business Chat, what we've delivered on Facebook Messenger, and then also 
Alexa-powered devices where, you know, the investing is made more intelligent, but we've also made investing accessible because now we're going to where the consumer is. Right? We don't have to wait for Brian to come to our website or come to our mobile app. Hey, Brian, if you use iOS or if you use Android or you love talking to Alexa, we will bring you the best of TD Ameritrade, whether it's our trading platforms, our expertise, our education, market updates to wherever you are uh, and render it in a way that matches your expectations. So, and AI and machine learning are what help deliver that elegant utility and delightful experience. So I would say those two are critical. And then the other two, you know, AR and VR, if you followed F8 and when, with their launch of Oculus Go, uh, I think has a lot of potential of how it's going to start to really make VR much more mainstream. So, you know, lots of great possibilities there. Uh, and then the last one, you know, everyone's talking about it, the notion of crypto networks, right? Not just cryptocurrencies, but this whole notion of the possibility that crypto net networks can and, and block blockchain, the right. decentralization impact that they have and what that could mean, uh, not just for FinServe, but, you know, society at large. So we kind of look at those four uh, very closely. I, I like that a lot. And, you know, you mentioned it, but at the end of the day, it comes back to that seamless experiences that you're creating for the consumer, whether, you know, regardless of the technology that's deploying it, but uh, you have to be on their game about how you actually use those particular technologies or that you don't get the experience right. So. Yeah, because if not, you fall into the trap of you know, chasing shiny objects, right. and that's why I think that having that anchor, and that's why being a mission-driven team is so critical, and again, having that pathway of sensing a technology, ideating on its possibilities, but having, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for, you know, TD Ameritrade and the support we get from our leaders and our partners, and then, you know, my amazing Tiger team. Like, you tell them something's impossible, they just get even more driven to prove that it's possible. <laughs> but I think, you know, we're always anchored in that notion of the voices of consumer, and, you know, and the gnarlier the problem, the more excited we get. So, I don't know, maybe that makes us a masochist, but I think therein lies the value, and I think that touches on on something oftentimes what I hear in FinServe is we almost take like the approach of well we would love to do something but we're in financial services and we're regulated right. we actually turn away the opportunity I actually take more of a contrarian approach of the fact that we're so regulated and the constraints within we have to work with actually makes us more purposeful Right? It actually grounds us to make sure that we're using these technologies to deliver experiences that are solving real problems and making a real impact. So that would be like my one pass along and the learning that we've had is don't let regulation slow you down. And listen, I love my happy fun group and my BFFs in compliance and legal and risk, and we work very closely with them. But I think if you have that art of the possible mindset, being in FinServe is actually great because, you know, it's a target-rich environment. We have a lot of problems to solve, and we have a long way to go in terms of, you know, democratizing financial services. And I think it's a great time to be in the industry at the nexus of finance and tech uh, to be, you know, leading that movement and kind of building for the future. That's the end of another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Thanks for listening. At the IO Innovation Summit this week, you can expect to hear more about what Sunanya shared in her conversation with Brian, as well as some learnings she's gathered with her team, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Let us know how the summit is going at the IO Summit on Twitter, or if you couldn't make it, what you took away from the podcast at the IO Podcast. Until next time, go out and innovate. <laughs>